Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Thug Life, man. Hug Life, man, not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the show. It is episode number 67. We're coming off of WrestleMania. Uh, we've got myself, Joe, and special guest coming back. We got Corey Oates. Hey, now. What did you think of the show, guys? I'm going to give it an overall thumbs up. I'm going to give it a... I've watched so much wrestling over the past five days that I think <laughs> I don't want to ever watch wrestling again until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, you, you sure you can go that long? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so beyond beyond just a thumbs up, like if you were to give a, a really quickly, like between NXT Takeover, give that a grade one to ten, and give WrestleMania one to ten. What do you think? Uh, NXT Takeover, I'll give a nine, and WrestleMania, like a seven or an eight. Okay. I think that's kind of not fair. I mean, NXT was a two and a half hour show with what four that's matches. True. With four matches that they were given plenty of time to tell their stories and do their thing. So, based off of mm-hmm. that, I will say that NXT definitely deserves, uh, I'd say, a nine. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania, if uh, you look at it as part one and part two, <laughs> because it was the problem with WrestleMania was is it wasn't like years past. It was seven hours with all good matches. It's just that some were given more time than others. Um, but I, f- I feel if you actually sat there and you dissected and you watched each match, you honestly, the card was, was great. They did a good job and everybody knew their place on the card. Sh- Shane and, 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 uh, AJ go out there right out of the gate and mm-hmm. they don't steal the show because they're the first match of six hours. Yeah. Five hours. Sorry. Right. I mean, of a, of a main card. So I feel everybody did their job well and it f- made for a, a solid show. If we're going to give it a rating right out of the gate, I'll give it an 8. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think that's pretty fair. And yeah, I think you actually had a really good point right off the bat, which sums up a lot of what I feel too, which is this is a show that had a lot of really good stuff on it. The biggest problem was just that it was way too fucking long. And it suffered from that pacing. And honestly, it actually would have been, I think, a lot better if They'd actually split it into two fucking nights. Yep. And yep. I actually... Like, if they just... I've heard people talk... Maybe about next it. year they could break tradition and have, like, NXT TakeOver on Friday, WrestleMania Night 1 on Saturday, and WrestleMania Night 2 on Sunday. I've, I think... I was listening to JR this week, and he was suggesting literally the same thing. That it's now at the point where you could probably get away with doing that. Where you have Night 1, mm-hmm. you have WrestleMania Night 1 and WrestleMania Night 2, and just split it up in the stadium. Because yeah. no matter what people are in the in the fucking city, and people are already paying the money that they are, they'll they'll friggin' spring for for two nights of tickets. And and like he said on his podcast, it's no one's going there for just WrestleMania anymore. Like they're going for the weekend at least. Yep. So you're gonna get people at multiple nights. It's Miller time. <laughs> Hashtag is Miller time. 
Exactly. And it's just one of those things that I think it would help the product so much more too, just from a pacing standpoint. Absolutely. Because as cool as the moment was at the end of the night with Undertaker, I was so exhausted. Like, I had to go back and watch that the next day to truly appreciate it. Yeah, and just, like, there were a lot of other matches that, like, um, you know, in, a, in another circumstance could have really been, like, you know, say if they were to have split it into two nights. Like, you could have had, at the end of night one, say that could have been Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Like, a really big match that could main event at night, but is not obviously the main event mm-hmm. of the whole thing. And then you literally yeah, could have multiple main events at WrestleMania. <laughs> Right, you could have you could actually do that kind of thing, and then you could, you know, have another really big opener. So then, like, you know, one night you could have had the women, like, six pack challenge open, and then one night you had the cruiserweights open. And that's one thing I'll give them is that I don't know how they could have ordered this show at all with the matches, like, because every time I'm like, oh wow, they they had the SmackDown women's like in between the Lesnar and Goldberg match, and then Roman Reigns and Undertaker right after it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't... And then thinking about where else that could have gone, I have no idea. They just had so much in this one show that pretty much any order was just going to be like, fuck it, let's just go with it. Right. It was just... It was so jam-packed, and you could tell because so many of those matches got cut, like, really severely. And actually, for a long time, I kept thinking that the women's uh, six-pack challenge was actually going to get completely cut. Yeah, because yeah, we were getting really close to the end of the show, and I was like, uh, is this going to happen? <laughs> they've they've cut, um, you know, matches from WrestleMania right before they were about to go out, too. But, I mean, that was also mm-hmm. when it was a pay-per-view format. Now they literally do whatever the hell they want, essentially. So, it, for them, it doesn't matter. And for them, it's cool that they don't have to cut things. But for the people that are watching it, and the, even the people that are there, it was 90 degrees when they went on the air with that pre-show. Mm. And they, st- <laughs> yeah, 90 degrees, not to mention you had a full weekend for most of those people. And the fact that you're, you got to get there at least an hour and a half before you want to get to your seat. It took me about that to get into Dallas last year when I went, it's uh, it, it takes a while. So you're there literally, if that show went, if that show went on the air and you wanted to be in your seat by five o'clock, you had to have been at that stadium by three thirty. And when you're and going like if you till just midnight, wanted to get to your seat, right? Exactly. And if you they're they're on there till midnight on the air, and then you still got to fight the hour and a half, two hour traffic. I heard traffic just in general down there before that was atrocious. Trying to get mm-hmm. out of there was probably ridiculous. You were probably better off walking wherever the fuck you you were you were staying if you were actually there this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, like just yeah, spring whatever extra money you have to to go somewhere relatively close and just walk. Because I can't imagine that driving nightmare, the parking nightmare, like all that bullshit. Jesus Christ. Especially after thing, yeah, sit- you're gonna be in- sitting there for <laughs> how many hours, like, I'm sure there was... <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't hear any, like, fucking- man killed in parking lot afterwards, like... <laughs> <laughs> man killed in parking lot. Yeah, because he, he fell asleep at the wheel. He was so exhausted after seeing Undertaker get just killed by Roman Reigns that he just... He died. I died with the dead man. <laughs> Undertaker went down, and so will I. <laughs> Alright. That would suck. That would suck so bad. So, uh, let's just uh, run down this card and get some quick thoughts on all these matches, because I don't think we're going to be able to go really in-depth with how much there was. Uh, so, we kicked off on the pre-show with Neville versus Austin Aries. What do you, did you want to go back to TakeOver? Oh, sure. 
Yeah, whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, I, w- I would love to dissect some takeover. Yeah, sure. All Works right. for me. I mean, I literally on Sunday, I watched TakeOver from 2.30 to 5. The pre-show from 5 to 7. And then WrestleMania from 7 until midnight. And then listened to a post-WrestleMania radio show till 2 in the morning. And got up at 6 a.m. for work the next day. Monday sucked. <laughs> wow, you're a champion amongst men. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I'm pulling all that. Uh, and then I and then I had my own radio show that night. So I, I, I was nonstop. And then I had to come home and watch that Raw because – I sure as shit wasn't gonna miss that raw. That's like the one raw. I went when I went last year to Dallas. I flew home and did about ninety to get from the Baltimore airport to get home so I could watch that show live. <laughs> I walked in the door maybe about eight oh three. Wow. Yeah. So that's the show you don't want to miss. And uh, as I'm, I don't know if we're gonna talk about Raw and SmackDown, but I was kind of let down by the first ever SmackDown after Mania being live on the Tuesday. We'll get to that in about an hour and a half when we're done the talking about all these shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, NXT Takeover kicked off with the uh, Sanity versus um, Ty Dillinger, Ty Dillinger and friends, Ruby Riot, Roderick Strong, and they're replacing Ka- uh, Noah Jose because he was attacked at uh, one of the Access shows. Cassius Ono. I feel like uh, the the sorry for cutting you off, but I feel like that's no. one thing that they've started doing every year. They'll do an attack at Access. Um, I maybe not every year, maybe every other year, because I I remember them doing this on an actual Mania card uh, a couple years back, and I want to so, yeah, say so I want to say it was like Kozlov. They like took out someone took him out. I don't even remember who it was, uh, but then they you know they did something for a replacement at, on the uh, the actual main card. It was kind of weird, but uh, I didn't mind the fact that they took no way out of this because more people especially down there where it's a more indie crowd they're going to want to see Cassius Ono Chris Hero so I, I, I agree with that decision there I also like when you do the 4 on 4 matches if you can have a matchup of size on each team so I liked yeah. that you had the, the two women to balance each other out you had Eric Young as the leader Ty Dillinger as the leader they're going at each other Wolf versus Roddick Strong, and then for the big guy, Killian Dane, Cassius Ono is a great compliment to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a really important change that really kind of helped make that a more believable bout. Mm-hmm. Because before it was like, you know, I kind of kept thinking the baby faces were going to win just because from a storytelling perspective, it's like, oh, okay, the heels have been winning up to this point, the baby faces should win now. But then when they switched with KO, it was like, oh, okay. With Cassius Ono on their team, I could believe that maybe they would actually win. Yeah. Which then I think made it even more surprising and maybe even better when they actually still lost. Yeah, because booking-wise, you would think, oh, the surprise entrant team is going to win. Like, they brought out the equalizer. Especially because, like, you know, and NXT does this a lot, where if you're a new guy and you come in, you win your first match. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's, like, on a takeover. And Ruby Riot, this is her first takeover match, and this is... Uh, Cassius Ono's first takeover match, right? Yes, he, he was not around in NXT when uh, they started doing the takeovers and arrivals, like all those shows. Yeah, I've never but, seen Ruby Riot until the other night. To be completely honest mm-hmm. with you, it wasn't wasn't bad, but I still think that uh, Nikki Cross is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she's definitely yeah, like the one of the best women. And on the NXT roster, because honestly, ever since they've they've brought the main people off of the uh, the roster, 
I really don't watch the, this show anymore, which is sad because I've been following NXT for years, and I I don't like I said I don't watch the um, I don't watch the the main TV show anymore, and I watch it, but I distinctly mm-hmm. remember watching the last takeover from uh, from he, from San Antonio, mm-hmm. and her going through that table and taking like a fucking champ from uh, Peyton yeah. Royce and Billy Kay. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, she's, she's really good. I like her. NXT is definitely in uh, one of those like lower periods where it's starting to build back up now. It's in a transition stage. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's one of those things that I think you're finally getting around to the point where NXT's recovered from it just getting purged really, really bad during the draft. Yes. Because they took, like, what, 10 people from NXT? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> like, they took a lot of people from NXT. They took, and then- they, they took the balls from it. The thing that makes it awesome, and I've I've been saying that a lot. I don't. I love Bobby Roode. I love that they've been bringing in and pretty much raping the indies. But I think what made NXT so special before was the homegrown people, and it felt like something special. It was mm-hmm. only at full sale. They did that first takeover in Brooklyn, and it was like, okay, this is kind of cool. It's in a big arena, but I I don't want them to do this every fucking time i like it being in that more intimate venue you never saw ecw go into places more than four or five thousand people and that's why people loved it because it was tight and it was intimate and they put in these Mm -hmm. these arenas and it kind of makes it seem like it's just a third brand which it is but i i think people kind of um relate to it more especially as more of an indie that way and now they're it's they're bringing all the top indie guys in and it's just it doesn't have the same feel as it once did and that's my my one pet peeve honestly with it they don't even do the takeovers anymore it was a while where they were doing okay like wrestlemania and SummerSlam, but now they have one the night before backlash now which is in may that they're doing in chicago and mm. i'm just like that sucks man so they're gonna do all their tv in full sale and then these pay-per-views and these other places i just i don't know it's not for me but i'm just picky and i grew up in an era, you know, where it was ECW. And I watched ROH, the pay-per-view Saturday night. Man, that they had a little less than 4,000 people there in Lakeland, which is about a half hour out of where Mania and everything was. That was their highest uh, crowd capacity in the 15 years of that company, and it looked awesome. But I was still just like, I really don't want to see huh. them take it any further than this at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. keep it more... Unique. New York. <laughs> Unique New York. Well, you know what? It, I think there's a really interesting point to be made there, too, especially because uh, there's a you bring up the whole like third brand idea, and I think that it really kind of has gotten away from what it used to be, which was you know much more of a developmental territory. And it is hard to have it be both at the same time developmental and a full third brand because it fucks with the way that you book and handle that show because if it has to be a full like standing third brand then you have to have all these really big indie guys on there like you have to have nakamura down there for a really long time you have to have guys like bobby Roode. you have to have all these other guys who don't need to be down at nxt down there so that it has enough star power so that people will go see the show while you're trying to build these guys like ty dillinger which honestly like i'm, I'm excited in the that he debuted on smackdown i think it could go well but like, he's the guy that I would have loved to have kept him in SmackDown or in uh, NXT 
and have him build up to become the NXT champion. Like, he's the perfect kind of guy, I think, to kind of, like, yeah, I think we talked about this last week a little bit, didn't we, Joe? Yeah, he we're like he's the homegrown guy, right? Like, yeah, he he has wrestled other places a little bit, but he never got big anywhere else. No. So this is like their really good homegrown guy, and I think he would have really helped bring kind of back that NXT feel. Like if they had kind of dialed it back a little bit and stopped doing a little bit more of these tours and all this crazy shit, like dialing it back a little bit, which will make them less money, I guess. But at the same time, it lets them experiment more which is i think kind of what let nxt be well that's the other thing too is you're you're saying that they still do these tours and i've been to several tours they're only doing two maybe three thousand capacity buildings when they're um when they're going on the road and then they're doing these you know big you know arenas i don't know that's just me being picky but i feel that they're 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 saying that it's developmental, but they're putting it on the same level as the main roster. That's my pet peeve with well, it. You know what? Then maybe maybe it is a an entire every single level they're trying to test these guys out. It's like, all right, not only do we want to see if you can wrestle, we can do this, but we need to make sure that you can be on the road and do all this other shit so that we know you can live the lifestyle of a WWE star. So then we can promote you to Raw, SmackDown, two hundred five live, whatever the fuck. Fair enough, maybe. Yeah, I mean that could be part of, it, especially with I don't know these last couple of years with, and I think it's mostly just because the internet's a bigger thing, so therefore more of the scandals get exposed. Not that there's more scandals in wrestling, because my God, wrestling is like one of the most scandal-filled businesses of all time. Yeah, <laughs> but just like these last couple of years with like all these nude photo leaks and all this other like shit with like the drug suspensions, like I bet they're probably trying to be even more hyper aware of like, man, we got to make sure we <laughs> get these kids with their heads straight. Let's get. Let, you brought up a great point. So speaking of, of of nude nude photo leaks, I mean, for reporting purposes, you've you've watched that at least once and then erased it from your <laughs> mind, right? Just because you you had to see it. Oh yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. yeah for, exactly. For you had to at least investigate. Strictly professional. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my hands were on the desk. There was, you know, <laughs> I had a pen in my hand and a piece of paper in front of me, and I took notes. Oh yeah, yeah. I did. Well, what? Uh, tell us about your findings. Well, I mean that uh, that pad magically <laughs> found its way uh, away from from my desk since my girlfriend was, you know, doing her uh, insurance uh, gimmick the other night on here. But <laughs> notes, nonetheless, I I took <laughs> mm. camera angle notes. Yeah, like uh, put it in the bank. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, so what else do we like about takeout yeah so then we had um the debuting we talked about debuts usually at the wins alistair black getting a win over andretti almas man is alistair black not exactly what wwe wants baron corbin to be yeah, yeah. oh but my the, god like I wasn't even making that like connection. in their brain what they think baron corbin is and they want baron corbin to be alistair black is yeah the problem is and- that alistair black knows actually how to get himself over and he's an experienced wrestler where baron corbin was a guy they just mm-hmm. snatched up who wanted to be a wrestler <laughs> and they're just trying to get him to fucking be something i mean he was what tommy end over in europe and was huge yep. over there mm-hmm. which i still love that the the negligence of wwe because they did that uk tournament what three months ago and he wrestled mm-hmm. a match on there under contract as tommy end because 
That's what they knew him as over there. And then it's just like, okay. Nope, can't keep that name. Nope, he's Alistair Black. You've never seen this man before in your life. <laughs> Love it. But they'll Man. mention, they'll be like, yeah. he's wrestled in Europe on commentary. And it's like, well, fuck. Like, either keep his name or don't. Like, well, dude, it's even weirder. Do you? I don't know if you remember this. This is a while ago. But do you remember when Hideo Itami first came in to NXT? Who's Hideo Itami? And they even... <laughs> <laughs> That mi- well, that, he's this guy that <laughs> I've heard this myth of this guy. I still have never actually seen him. Every time I hear his well, name, you know <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe I'm actually going to get to see him. And then I don't he's hear his dude. name for about eight or nine months. And then I'll start hearing his name again. And then, wait, he was the Asian that randomly showed up and gave uh, Austin Aries a GTS and then has been gone ever since, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they say if you say his name into a mirror three times... <laughs> Then he'll appear, give somebody a GTS, get injured, and then disappear again. Well, there you go. That's that. Uh, yeah, but when he first debuted, they came out with his name. And, like, you know, they had his old name. And then all of a sudden, they changed it to his new name. And he talked about changing his name. I remember that. So, like, you know, that's a kind of weird little bit of just, oh, yeah, we can just change our names. And it's a thing. Well, same thing with Balor, so, too. Like, it... He was debuted, oh, yeah, and they said Finn Balor on the screen, yeah, and then was, all of a sudden it was Prince Devitt, and then it changed Devitt, to Finn yeah. Balor. Crazy. So, yeah. Gotta love how they're doing that. And I was just recently thinking is, um, you know Adam Cole from ROH, is he's bound to go to to, uh, to a NXT. And he's got such a good gimmick going. I really hope that if they sign him, they'll let him keep his name. But I feel like they already have kind of morphed back into the uh, we're going to take and, and give you a new gimmick as opposed to that little bit where they were kind of letting people keep their name. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, I mean, in all fairness, when you look at the signings, it's been Cashizono, who was Chris Hero, but they already own Cashizono. And they right. brought Drew McIntyre back as Drew McIntyre because he was Drew McIntyre. It doesn't matter if they didn't do shit with him. And then he went on the indies, became Drew Galloway, which is, you know, his real name. And then they brought him back. So it's like, oh, well, we're going to go back to this. So you might remember him from such uh, three MB moments as this. <laughs> Roll <say>. tape. <laughs> Have you seen the memes or is like, wait a second. And it shows all three all of them. Three of them. Yes. Being back. <laughs> God. Trust me, if there's one thing that I loved about the internet circa, like, 2012, 2013, was all, like, the, th- like, reason why 3MB is the best, like, group <laughs> ever. And it would be the dumbest shit, but it was so good. That's what I miss. That's what I would love. That would be the only reason I'd love for them to get back together. It's just would, the memes. Wouldn't that be... Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be hilarious if Vince, like, that was, like, he actually fucking secretly loves it, too, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to throw enough money at Galloway until he fucking signs back just so that I can trick him into reforming 3MB. Because <laughs> then once they have him under contract, I can force him to do it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I, you know what? I honestly don't want to see it because I actually kind of like what Slater and Rhino are doing. Yeah, and uh, I hope... Jinder Mahal can kind of go fuck himself. <laughs> And I hope they continue uh, what Drew has been doing in the Indies because he's been great. Yeah, and actually, you know what? Drew Galloway is just a better fucking name. Yeah. Why can't they just, like, change it up? Like, is it that much of a big deal? Was there any, like, diehard McIntyre fans that, like, no, we only want him if he's McIntyre? No. No. Who knows? 
But yeah, I, I imagine that if Adam Cole came in, they'll probably make him change his name. And it sucks because the thing is, is like, if there's one thing that they love is that connection with the crowd. You you look at the Hardys. You heard the music. That's what's connected with them. And some people have their things. Adam Cole throwing the two fingers up and Adam Cole, baby. Cole, baby. That is mm-hmm. over. And it's easy. And the fans can connect with it. And that's what they love. So you'd think that it would kind of be ass backwards if they brought him in and made him change his name just for the sake of, uh, you know, making You want to own it. Right, exactly. And I'm... Sh- sure that well, they're you going can still to. just throw up the fingers and do the baby part. Yeah, but it just it's just it's just I don't know. I don't like change. <laughs> <laughs> like it, things are cool like that. Like I can only imagine what would happen if the young bucks ever came in. They would change their names to the Bucks of Youth. <laughs> no, that's too easily. <laughs> it it would be something extremely horrible. Like when they were in TNA and they were Generation, Generation Me. <laughs> Yeah, let that friggin' soak in for those who forgot about that disaster. Where then they turned them on each other, and then they almost quit wrestling. (laughs) Like, they were just so miserable because of fucking the shit that they did. Now they're the hottest fucking tag team. We almost didn't get the super kick party. Yep. Or maybe maybe they'd be like the Millennial Brothers or something. Yeah. (laughs) <sighs> so where were we on that NXT card now that we're 26 minutes into this? Uh, <laughs> Alistair Black kicked the shit out of uh, Andre Cien Almas, who actually I think he's been doing decently as a heel. Like he's yeah. kind of getting into his groove. The problem is, is they brought him in as a babyface. Nobody liked the yeah. gimmick because he looked like the fucking Latino Godfather. Father. <laughs> and it it didn't go over. Yep. So then they did what most people would do when the crowd isn't buying it. You turn him heel, which has been working. It, instead of doing something to get him over, they've literally have just been feeding him to people. Yeah. Where's the, the, the where's yeah. anything positive about that? Not doing anything for him. Well, if if the pattern follows, eventually he's gonna get over as a face again because he's slipped into the old Tyler Breeze role, which then became the Ty Dillinger role. He's the like mid mid card low heel guy who loses to the new incoming baby faces. And eventually, he's just going to kind of get over for some reason. Uh, I, I, if the pattern I holds. disagree with the Ty Dillinger <laughs> part. I agree with the Tyler Breeze part. Well, they were using Ty Dillinger like that for a good while. Like, that was just his role. Yeah, I mean, Ty Dillinger was never even given a main event spot. He was literally just the guy that are like, okay, well, the 10 thing's kind of over, so... We'll throw him in with Austin Aries, even though he was over as a babyface. So, like, you'll work healed this night, and then that's over, and then it's like, okay, we're going to throw you with uh, this person. Mm-hmm. And the furthest he's, I think he's ever made it up the card is the uh, the curtain jerker match of it because there was even that one where he faced Rude, I think. Mm-hmm. Faced Rude on a, on a takeover, right? Takeover at Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Wasn't that the first match, or was that the second match? It was the first. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at it, he finally made it onto a pay-per-view special, and he was still the opening match. So he never got, like, Tyler Breeze, say what you want. He at least had NXT title shots. He was in main events and doing that. I don't think uh, Dillinger ever got the main event, which kind of is why I'm upset that they brought him up at this point because of the fact that I really was hoping out that they were finally going to at least get him a chance to run for, for the belt. 
and get a main event spot to like give him even more of a push. The problem is, is mm-hmm. the ten is over more than ties over, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I feel if they would have given him some more time to get himself over, it, it'll because the the worst thing ever was when they brought up Apollo Cruz, and I just fear for people like Ty Dillinger. You know that eventually, what's going to happen is that they're not going to have anything for him because he wasn't fully done developing. Yeah, exactly. Well, like and- he he needed, I think, a year down at NXT to like have the championship for a while and really just season his character. Well, that's the thing. At least Ty yeah. has a character. Uh, Cruz did not. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of it too, but. Um... Like, even now, it's like, I think Ty is still kind of in that early stages of cementing who his character is. Like, obviously, he has one, but he needs to do more to solidify who that character is. Yeah. Because yeah. he hasn't really had a really big signature feud. And I think Bobby Roode was going to be that perfect guy. Was. And, <laughs> yeah, was. And now they're just throwing him up on the main roster. Because that's the other thing that's fucking weird about it is, with him and Nakamura both going up, who the fuck is going to step up and challenge Roode next? Alistair Black. Already? There's Eric a, Young. You think there's options. No, I. it could be Roddy. Mm. Roddy Piper. Yeah, it could be Roddy, Roddy or it could be yeah. Cassisono. <laughs> I was about to say Roddy Piper. But, I mean, didn't I, like I said, I really haven't watched it, but didn't they already do Ono and Rude and Yes. Ono did the J-O-B? Yeah, but they could just – yeah. Maybe they'll do like a three-way. They could, but, I mean, like Roddy's kind of been untested yet at this point. I guess you you might be able to go with Roddy and uh, and Bobby Roode. You could go Ono, but I feel the fact that you went right in on a random episode in between. Mm-hmm. You know, you already had the main event for this takeover set up, and then you bring in Cassius Ono, and then you have him lose on one of the regular TVs, not even at a pay per view. Kind of shows that they're not really looking to do much with him, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although, you know what, I'm, I'm wondering with um, giving the win to Sanity, do you think they might try and go with Eric Young against Bobby Roode? Like, have Sanity with him and then Bobby Roode kind of acting as the babyface against him in this case? Uh, I don't. I think Sanity's got more legs as a heel faction. And they're at least I will give them this in NXT. They're a little more traditional, and they, they try and be like a babyface versus a heel tells a better story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see the need for them to do that yet. Uh, well, just because, like, as a as a heel faction, like, unless they're going to go after the tag team titles, which are also being held by a that's heel. That's a good point. Like, I don't know where they go next because uh, they've dominated, like, basically the other guys on the roster. Yeah, no, you, you do have a good point. But, I I mean, they're, they're taping tonight. So, uh, by tomorrow, you'll, you'll know what direction they're mm-hmm. going because they're taping four weeks worth of TV tonight. Plus, they already had a week in the, uh, week in the, uh, the can, f- or maybe even two weeks from – filming at access like they do every year so they very well might have everything pretty much almost taped up to the next takeover tonight yeah Yeah, it's true who knows what they're doing tonight um i did look and see what what they're airing tonight and it's basically just access matches yeah yeah the access matches are never storyline driven yeah yeah because they they although i will last year they had nakamura debut and then like they had him doing matches the next day but I mean, so may- maybe uh, Tyler Black will have a match. Maybe. Whatever. Tyler Black? Tyler <laughs> Tyler Black. See, see, 
Seth Rollins is going to go black to being Tyler Black. God. See, <laughs> every t- see that's every time yeah. I hear Alistair Black, all I think of is like, well, gee, I wonder where they got the the Black last name from. Like, that was too <laughs> fucking easy to pluck from. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to uh, wrap up NXT, thoughts on the championship matches, tag team, women's, and the main event? I thought the tag team match stole the show. Match of the night. Agree. Yeah, that was really fucking good. I thought the Authors of Pain getting both of the eliminations was crucial and great booking. Yeah, also the surprising of getting rid of DIY first. Yeah, actually it was I thought it was a very interesting kind of an experiment. That's how I looked yep. at it to be like, all right, let's see can the revival get that level of cheers like if they put them in the hope spot are they going to get a babyface reaction now, my thought process was too was i liked how i watched the pre-show um earlier just because i wanted to see what they say and sam roberts who you know is a fan like us but he's been getting you know a little more wwe time was just like the only way that these teams are going to be able to take out the authors of pain is if they work together as a team and do it and they were just like, yeah, there's no way that that not, Nigel McGuinness goes, yeah, that's no way. There's no way that's ever going to actually happen. And then <laughs> they started that match out doing that, and they were like, wow, Sam Roberts said that this on the pre-show, and I didn't think that this would ever happen. So it was kind of cool that they did that. And as I'm watching the match, and it was an elimination, and they went what about 20, 25 minutes. The mm-hmm. first elimination happened what about 20 minutes into the match. It didn't go yeah, much longer on- after that. But the one thing went like three minutes longer. Right, but the thing that I was thinking was, I guess the revival have to get eliminated here because they're not gonna have it be heel heel, and that's what they did. And I still liked how it it came out in the end, uh, with with that match. It was definitely the match of the night. They got time and they were able to tell a story, and uh, obviously everybody I think has been able to tell for a while that the authors of pain and the team that they're going with, uh, in NXT for a while, which is good. I like a nice heel team. Uh, I like more of a I, I like more of a revival style team, but it's also 2017, so I'll still take the mm-hmm. dominant you know power team uh, in the Authors of Pain in the tag team role. And they've been getting better, so I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean you know one week into the business and they put the titles on them, so you got to learn somehow. <laughs> At least it seemed like that. What? Well, <laughs> and I feel like this this match actually was a really good coming out party of like showing how much they've improved. Yeah, like not that they're great yet or anything, but this was I think that they've really shown that coming in pretty damn green, they're really starting to pick it up. I mean, they held their own with DIY and the revival, four of the best guys in NXT. So yeah, they did their power spots, yeah. and the other guys, you know, took their bumps for them, and it it worked actually very well. It wasn't really a clash of of styles. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and actually, it was really cool, too, like, uh, just from somebody who follows NXT for so long, like, it was really kind of cool, like, bit of fantasy, having, like, DIY and Revival team up in that one instance where maybe they would, at least for a little while, you know, of course, until they teamed, you know, they uh, split, but, you know, just seeing that was really cool, especially because now Revival's coming up, so yeah. now they're going to be apart. I absolutely loved when they helped each other with their moves, so, like, they that paired off one from each team, that was so good. Yeah, because that, that shows that level of familiarity these guys have had from yeah. feuding so long, is they even know how to do each other's moves. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I thought a surprising result, because I had predicted otherwise, but Asuka retaining against Ember Moon. Yeah, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Being the fact that 
one year to the day Asuka had taken the belt from from Bailey, and they they played that up so much, which was smart. Yeah, but then you go into it. Continue. If she wins, she has it for a year, and so I thought, oh, they're ending it like now, so it's not the year. And we go into it, and both of them are undefeated at this point as well. So you're just like, okay, Asuka loses this and just goes up to the main roster. It makes sense at this point. And now they had Asuka go over. So, I mean, that doesn't say that Ember Moon's not going to get another shot and eventually get the belt, but it kind of was surprising, which kind of makes me think that they're they're really strong about Asuka and the fact that they might just go with her, like, not losing the belt, going to the main roster, and just forfeiting, I guess, maybe the NXT women's title. I mean, they yeah, did I mean, that. that's what Paige did. Yeah. You could do that again mm-hmm. because then they can always build up. She's undefeated in WWE as a whole. Mm. I, I, I think I could have seen that a little bit more if she hadn't cheated to win. But Asuka did have to cheat to win. So I think because of that, the story is going to be the now Embers chasing her, being like, hey, you had to cheat to win, fight me again fairly. Yada 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 until we get the them fighting again and then Ember can overcome. Maybe. Mm. That's my guess at least. I fucks with that. <laughs> I also I, I like think... the slightly heelish Asuka, just because it, it's a little refreshment on the character. Yeah, I think it gives her a little bit more depth. You know, it's something a little more exciting to grip into instead of her just being like, "I win all the time." <laughs> I win all you know? the time. With kicks. Because that's basically Roman Reigns' character, but... <laughs> yeah. Goes, go, that goes back to the Cena uh, wins LOL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I liked this match. I thought it was pretty good. And, uh, to finish up... I don't uh, know. I think, I think keeping... Uh, sorry. Just to keep Asuka down in NXT a little bit longer, I think will help build... If, if they do finally do put it on Ember Moon, it'll make that title change mean more. Because they really haven't been feuding for that long, these two. Right. I think it would actually be good to either have Nikki Cross kind of enter into this feud or kind of have her like be in the wing. See, that's a th- as like that. Threat that's my thing at this point like- with her having the belt for a year. I don't want to see them do the fucking shitty way of having her drop the belt by not getting pinned in some kind of three way match. If they were going to do that, I thought they were going to actually go yeah. that way in the four way at San Antonio and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So at this point, if she's going to lose that, they fucking need to have it be dropped to somebody that's going to make that person. That's how I look at it because you're going to have to beat Asuka and traditionally you're going to have to beat her in a rematch too. So if you're going to beat her twice, it's going to have to be one-on-one by somebody that actually, you know, is going to be worth it. They're going to strap a rocket to. And I don't think it's going to be at this point. I don't see it being Peyton Royce or Billy Kay or that friggin' what the fuck's her name chick? Um, um, Liv Morgan. Like, oh, yeah, definitely there's not. a oh, the lot. Chick. There's a oh, oh yeah, Morgan. Daria. There's so many women in that division right now in NXT. It's freaking stupid. But there's none, and they've clearly said it. There's nobody that's on Asuka's level, and that's the problem because they haven't done anything with anybody else. I enjoy Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, but they do not pose a threat to her whatsoever. Nikki Cross, honestly, is the only person that I could say is a threat to her, and um, Ember Moon, I guess as well. 
But yeah, I think, I think you, they. I think if you do a couple rematches with Ember Moon, I think she. But could haven't be they already done there. the Nikki Cross one on one as well on like TV? I don't think so. Uh, no, well, then maybe it did. could go to that, but who knows? Move on to like. Uh, <sighs> All right, Bobby <laughs> versus Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> it was what it was. You wanted. Yeah. You wanted. You knew kind of that. You, at the end of the weekend, you wanted to see Nakamura on the main roster, which meant that he had the job. Um, and I feel that these guys delivered. I like this match way more than I like their San Antonio match. That San Antonio match fell really flat by the end when, when Nakamura had to awkwardly sell his knee and do all that mm-hmm. stuff. I enjoyed this match more. Nakamura went out there and, uh, you know, went balls deep in his performance. And, you know, it went over it went over well. It kind of ended suddenly, but I was still okay with, with the end result. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with all that. I felt that Nakamura put way more effort into this match than any other match I've seen him in. Yeah, you know what? Like thinking back on it, I'd, I'd probably have to agree. The only other one that I'm maybe contesting, and maybe I'm not remembering it right, is like the cage match with Joe. I thought he mm. kind of went in pretty deep, but uh, yeah, I thought this was. Well, yeah, he went in deep because that was that decent. the Australia one, or was that the one that was in Japan? That was Australia. I don't know. No. <laughs> they had so many fucking well, matches. Well, I mean, like me. so bad. when you just said the cage, I was like, I remember those. The one where he 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 won the they they taped in like Japan, and I was like, well, that was the one that they did. Yeah, that Japan was just a regular one on one match. Okay. Well, I stand corrected. But yeah, then uh, right, the only so, other uh, thing I thought that was kind of interesting because then, uh, uh, no, no, um, just totally just snipped his note. balls off right there. Right. <laughs> oh, I couldn't uh, hear anything. Sorry to hear that, Joe. I, I heard him really talking. You're being that... a fucking rude prick. Wow. <laughs> I just thought it was really interesting. Like, this is the night they chose to fucking have all the new championships come in and all the champions retained. Yeah. Like, that just seems kind of like a... Just interesting. Because, like, psychologically, I kept thinking, like, okay, well, somebody's going to have to get a title change. You know what? That's a good so point. I but then, never thought about that. But then I was thinking about it. No. I think I really realized why they changed the titles. Because in part of those photo leaks with Paige, did you see the yeah, photo? Yeah, dude, that's where, the one uh, thing I thought about. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like... Joe, do you know what photo we're talking oh, about? Oh, I know. The one that uh, needed, like, a hose down after. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let's say the... Uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, the uh, the NXT women's title got a, uh, a coating of... <laughs> of... Who is it? Brad Maddox's come, I'm assuming. I mean, or Xavier Woods. You, Who knows? you didn't see what was on the other end of it. And no. in reality, yeah. it all looks the same. Yeah. So not that that really matters, but uh, basically Dude, I just thought a the bunch same of... thing that that is the reason why, because now it's just kind of uncomfortable for anybody who has that. So, yeah, like I'm just thinking ridiculous. like, especially if I'm Oscar and I'm like, I've been carrying this thing around for like a year and now I know that this guy fucking jizzed on What's it. What's better <laughs> is how many people have had that belt since her and how many people have probably mm-hmm. like kissed it and all this other shit. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people, because I think Oscar might have licked it at one point. Nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I, my conclusion is. I think that's why they changed the titles. Fair enough. I honestly, the, I'm kind of okay with what the new belts. I, I guess it's just because I don't really like. They all fucking look the same now. Yeah, 
They're literally the same thing, which is different things. Within a single show, it's all going to look the same. Stupid. I don't like that. I don't like when they make every belt look the same. I don't don't like when belts look all the same. (laughs) It's just dumb. I agree. It's it's just dumb. Because then it it, kind of gets to um, one of my pet peeves with titles, which is I feel like a lot of the different titles don't have an individual identity. Like, what does it mean to win this title versus a different title? Like, in actuality, like, what does it mean to win the United States title versus to win the Intercontinental title? Is there any real difference? None. But, like, there should be, right? It's a different title. Like, it should mean something different. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And it all went silent. Uh, uh, unlike the beginning of WrestleMania, uh, I thought Neville and Aries really kicked it off pretty fucking well. Yeah, to be great honest. match to start off the show with. Uh, at first, I went in thinking that this would like headline the pre-show, but I completely agree mm-hmm. with their decision to put it first. Yeah, and I thought the actual match itself was a lot of fun. Like, uh, just the actual booking of it too. Like, I liked that Neville and Aries actually were pretty fucking equal going back and forth it wasn't just like you know babyface dominates the heel and he's trying to run away like i like that they actually let neville stand toe-to-toe with these guys but that you know ultimately he did have to resort to dirty tactics so like not straight out cheating but like dirty tactics oh and it was great too dude aries sold the eye so well yeah he sold that thing like a motherfucker and uh just to skip then i guess 205 live for a second i loved how then he followed up with it you know, the way that he was talking about, because, like, the, you know, he's talking about how, like, everybody's, like, all these rumors about how I raked his eye because I was desperate, and he's like, well, you know, I raked his eye, but it wasn't because I was desperate, it's because he deserved it. Like, I love that he just yeah. owns all that shit as a heel. Yeah, he doesn't try to play around with it. Yeah, he doesn't try to, like, pussy foot around and be like, oh, no, I didn't cheat, I didn't lose, I didn't whatever. He's like, no, like, I fucking put my finger in that guy's eye because fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> uh can we skip over the other two pre-show match <laughs> <laughs> oh no dude we have to talk about the uh entree the giant battle royal are you kidding me oh. fucking rob gronkowski gets involved and throws <laughs> off everyone's prediction oh I'll joe you weren't ecstatic you fake fucking patriots fan you weren't ecstatic about that <laughs> oh wow <laughs> no <laughs> fuck gronk yeah well i Real quick, because I, I didn't get anything in there. Neville and Aries was... I really thought that was going to be the show stealer on the pay-per-view. They didn't get a chance to get it on the pay-per-view, and they still knew their place. They got 20 minutes, and they went out there and did a, a great fucking job. Uh, going to the Intercontinental match, is that last, or is the Battle Royal next? Battle Royal was next. Battle Royal... Yeah. Battle Royal was next. A- Ambrose and Corbin headlines. Uh, it was what it was. The weird thing was is that, you know... Big Show got friggin' fucked over by the whole Shaq thing. And they got him out right away. Yep. So, uh, sucks for him. He'll get a payday. But, like, b- friggin' Braun Strowman, man, he has been, like, killing it for these last couple months. For as much shit as he got when they first wanted to push him. You recall last year, for 32, the original rumor was Taker and Braun Strowman. Everybody's like, this will be the worst match of all time. Fast well, forward. that time it was. <laughs> Because he was so green. He's def- He's gotten... Well, yeah, it is. But think about it. Think about... Miles, though. Right, exactly. Think about since they did that draft 
in uh, August, and they just started feeding him the jobbers and stuff like that and just built his fucking character up. So he's had, from the fact that a year ago, everybody was just like, no, fuck this guy, I want nothing to do with it, to the fact where people were actually, like, cheering him. Not, not even necessarily cheering but calling his name. He's getting over somehow. He's affecting some people. They're at least acknowledging him. You go back, and um, the fact that he was eliminated right away kind of fucking sucks because it just was like, oh, well, I guess we have nothing for you, so we're going to put you out there, and then we're going to get you right out of the match. I didn't mind... I didn't mind Mojo winning this battle royal because Mojo's, you know, a big hype. Don't, you know, take the pun, but he's energetic. <laughs> Stay hype, bro. He's energetic. And, you know, the dude's, you know, got a good build. And he they, they could do something with him. The only thing that was kind of weird, in my opinion, was the follow-up on SmackDown. We can talk about that when we get to SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, I think... It's it's actually interesting because it's one of those things that kind of came out of fucking nowhere, and I was originally like, "What the fuck?" But now that I think about it, I'm if they do it right, I think Mojo could actually be probably the best choice out of that win, for the reason that um, I think the direction they're probably going to go once Ryder comes back is have Mojo and Ryder feud, and not only does this give him some momentum to justify him kind of having a singles feud, but specifically in storyline. Now both of these guys have a signature win at WrestleMania to then have be part of their feud. Like, you know, this year he won the Battle Royal. The year before that, Zach won the Intercontinental title. So that's just something else to kind of help build into it. But um, I think, yeah, you could have booked this a lot fucking better. Yeah. Because, uh, like, Strowman like, went out with no fanfare whatsoever. Like, uh, it, and it was so fucking long. That thing dragged like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, there was that just long segment in the middle where just nothing was happening like i think what you the security guard thought that Gronk was actually trying to yeah that was tremendous i loved that part because it was actually somebody doing their job that wasn't in on the work holy shit that Mm -hmm. was awesome i happened to be watching that with erin and she goes yeah right like some woman security guard is gonna take down rob gronkowski (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know. It was one of those things, too, where I think it could have been pretty easily fixed. Like, I think if you had just had Big Show and Strowman, like, wreck a lot more guys in the beginning, just get all the fucking geeks out. So that then, you know, you have maybe, like, ten-ish guys in the ring at this point, maybe eight. Then Braun Strowman finally takes out Big Show. Because at this point, Big Show's retired, right? Or pretty like, much. did he say this was it? Uh, I think, no, I think he said he was done. He's wrapping it up, but you know what? Say what you will. I feel that he's the type of person that they can keep him off TV. They, they at mm. this point with with um, there not being really anybody else for them to go to from here on out for these uh, you know comeback matches to be an attraction. I think mm-hmm. if you keep him off and bring him back at the right times and actually build him upright, he can be an attraction to do the one a year you know spot for another year or two. You know, mm-hmm. not have to kill his body, not have to be yeah. on the road all the time. He he can, you know, still do that, I feel. And there there's still some money I feel that they can make with him if they want to. Oh, yeah, because every time he comes back after a long absence, he always gets a reaction, so. Well, I, I'm not even saying this, like, as the guy who always calls for Big Show to retire. Like, I think <laughs> I was just hearing this from, like, Big Show saying, like, himself. He was like, hey, after WrestleMania, I'm done. Hey, man, money talks. Like, that's it. He said yeah. this is, and yeah, maybe 
Maybe he was thinking that, but yeah, they'll wave a little yeah. dollar sign on Rick. Because, <laughs> hey, with how fucking good he's been looking lately, let him just stay home and work out all year. Yeah. And then he can just come back and have one match at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Show off that six-pack. Uh, yeah. And then we... Because then, yeah, you could have the big moment of Strowman eliminating Big Show, then maybe have all the other guys, like, actually do a concerted effort, like, not just the, we're all going to get up and push you, but, like, a, everybody hits their finisher in a row, and maybe Sami Zayn finishes them off. Then... You know, heel dumps out Sami Zayn. Then he could eventually still get to a similar spot of Raleigh, you know, gets rid of somebody. Yeah. Like, actually, they probably should have had Ziggler be the last guy, right? Because he was the guy he had heat with. And Ziggler mm-hmm. eliminated, like, what, four or five guys in that match? Instead of uh, fucking Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Instead of fucking Jinder Mahal, who you know is not going to win that shit. Like, at least Ziggler, you could have kind of seen them giving it to him, I guess, over a guy like Mojo. I don't know. Jinder wasn't 3MB. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, and then we finish off the premium show with uh, Ambrose and Corbin. This match just fell so flat for me. Yeah, this was a... It was It was so funny, too. I was remembering, I was looking at the, um, the ordering of the card because I kept thinking, like, you know, because I assumed Baron Corbin was going to win this. So I was thinking this should go before the Battle Royal because, like, oh, yeah, it would build up the Battle Royal because, like, oh, hey, look at that. Baron Corbin just won the Intercontinental title, and he won this last year. But then they put it afterwards, and I was like, oh, this makes sense because he's going to look like a bitch when he loses. <laughs> so <laughs> they can't have that be before the Battle Royal. But like, oh, yeah, you remember the guy that just lost like a bitch? <laughs> yeah, he was the guy that won this last year. <laughs> uh, so on to the main card. Uh, it just like the match they had on SmackDown. That's what they should have had here at Mania, right? I'm just tired of those two though, because even the match on SmackDown, I was like, meh. Yeah, because I don't know. You know what? Now thinking about just on my earlier comment, like now that they have Aleister Black, I think they should just fucking fire Baron Corbin. Face Corbin. What? What use do they have for this guy? Although you know what? Maybe I'll say this: if they shave his head, maybe maybe they could have use for him. Because he looks like shit with that hair. He looks like shit. Look, speaking as a guy who, like, has had his, like, lost hair and stuff, it's like, just be a fucking man and shave your head. <laughs> just deal with it. It's not your fault. Genetics fucked you over. Just deal with it. <laughs> Alright, before we know. get into Rogaine, uh, <laughs> we had uh, AJ Styles and Shane McMahon kick off the main card. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. They didn't kick off the main card. New Day kicked off the main card. Oh, true. New Day came out in Final Fantasy gear. And before I became a huge fan of wrestling, Final Fantasy was, like, basically my fucking thing as a kid. So this was, like, I creamed my jeans so bad. This is a really fucking cool moment for me. So I just, I don't know. For all for anybody out there who was also a Final Fantasy fan, I thought this was a really cool moment. <laughs> uh, and just for fucking nerds because like last year they came out in the Dragon Ball Z shit so yeah. this year it's Final Fantasy it's like oh, I fucking love New Day making nerd like, cool they're, again they're such legit nerds like a lot of those other guys are like oh yeah like I play video games or whatever the fuck and it's like no these guys are fucking nerds um, so then yeah after New Day we kicked off with AJ and Shane I thought these guys put on a lot better match than I was willing to give them credit for yeah, this definitely uh, over-delivered, I think. 
My only problem with it, I think uh, Shane probably got a little bit too much offense, but honestly, that's me being nitpicky. I thought it was pretty fucking well done. I think he got the right offense, though. Like, you, you did the ref bump, which I think was obvious, to allow Shane to do, like, the trash can and things like that. Mm-hmm. But just, I thought there were a couple spots, like, a little too early, like, where he got, like, too many punches off. Like, actually landed one. <laughs> well, like, the fact that he would be able to get, like, off such a flurry so many times, like, I feel like uh, it should have been... And, you know, there were a lot of spots where the only reason that he got the upper hand was because AJ was being too cocky. I just felt like it should have been more of them of being him too cocky instead of just Shane actually legitimately getting the better of him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Corey? I thought that, you know, they, they like I said earlier, they knew their place on the card. And the whole argument the whole time out of all this was AJ Styles being the best, if not one of the top three wrestlers in the entire world. You would have thought they would have had more of a better uh, opponent for him. But the Shane role is always a high-profile match. And the the problem with Shane is that usually the Shane match just leads to a high spot. Really didn't lead to any different high spots than it usually does. So mm-hmm. I, I respected the fact that these two got 20 minutes and they, they made the most of it. And, and Shane, Shane kept up with him. Uh, he throws the worst fucking you know, punches ever. Uh, and but it, it is what it is. You, you a Shane McMahon match is a Shane McMahon match, and I, a lot of people shat all over this match because of the fact that it, Shane's sloppy and AJ is AJ. But in the end of the day, you know they were. If there's one match you're gonna look back at this pay per view, I think or well, top three, it's gonna be that one. For many reasons, one because it wasn't bad, and two because it was the first match on the card. So before you got so mm-hmm. bored and lost with everything in the middle of it, you'll remember <laughs> the first match. Yeah, and uh, I thought they, they they got the crowd into it and they stayed into it. So yeah, that's true because you know then going right into like Kevin Owens and Jericho, the crowd was still fucking hot. This match and I I loved. I just wish I think this should have been like the street fight match, and I wish we could have gotten blood, maybe because like that's what this feud was like. I yeah, but that's needed. that's another thing of knowing your place on the card. You can't go yeah. out and start the show with that. If they were going to do that, it would have had to have been third or fourth from the top. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. and they, you're right. They kept their place, and I I thought they they delivered. I mean. The spots, like especially just Kevin Owens, the finger on the rope was just fucking brilliant. When when oh, that yeah, that is my favorite spot. I mean, there was a lot of good parts, but that was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that match too was another match that people were really looking forward to because the story building up was so damn good. Mm-hmm. But I feel in the end of it all, uh, it it also it could have been more, but once again. They knew their place on the card. Yeah, there's just a lot on the card. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like we're probably going to get a follow-up to this at the next pay-per-view, so we'll probably get like a hardcore stipulation, which will, I'm assuming, lead to then Jericho being gone for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got a new Fozzie album coming out, and they got a tour coming, which actually yep. <laughs> it yeah. rolls through Asbury Park. Oh, was, shit. Yeah. On May 19th. May 19th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
so then we got up next a the women's title match already from Raw. Uh, Bailey against Flair, Sasha, and Nia Jax. Uh, I thought this match was great. I just wish that it was Bailey beating Charlotte for the first time and holding <laughs> that title up. Yeah, you know, that would have been the ideal situation. But uh, yeah, yeah, I thought this was actually pretty decent for what it was and it was actually interesting like the the story that the whole match told of you know there's the progression of all three of them ganging up on Nia Jax Mm -hmm. to then having the three horsewomen leading to Sasha being the one who like because the way that you break down the end of that match at least as I understand it from a story perspective is that it's like okay they all had to get rid of Nia Jax but then amongst them Charlotte is strong enough to beat Sasha but then Bailey ultimately is still stronger than Charlotte right Mm mm-hmm so, like, it's kind of this weird, like, you know, mini complete story and, like, a summation of that division all in one match. Uh, like, the story of that year. So, like, from from the perspective of me trying to look at WrestleMania as, like, a culmination of a whole year of story, I think this one, other than Chris Jericho and Owens, like, was probably one of the better ones of, like, wrapping up a whole story. That it was like, oh, yeah, this is the f- story of these four women in this year. Yeah. Which was honestly my biggest issue is with 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 that match is it's literally well until Monday since they've done the draft it's been these four women Dana's yeah. there but they don't know what to do with Dana and uh, that also creates a problem in itself so they you know, it's I'm I'm I think that out of all of this in the end that Charlotte's going to be uh, leaving Raw. Because there's nothing left to do. They need to take one of one or more of those girls off of that show and bring more mm-hmm. over or bring people. I Ultimately, what they need to do is they need to bring more people from SmackDown to Raw and then just bring some of the NXT girls up to SmackDown and just let them grow their wings there at this point. Because they're, the, the divisions aren't even. And when they're trying to push mm-hmm. them and you're getting the same fucking matches every week, that's the reason why yeah. Charlotte lost the you know the belt and they had to do everything earlier because there's nothing else to do if you want them on tv every week you you got to do something with them so i feel that Mm -hmm. they they uh they have the resources they just need to utilize them yeah and smackdown's really established women's division so bringing up nxt girls into that they'll be able to grow yeah yeah but i I think you're right though i think charlotte needs to go to smackdown and then yeah, you, I think you poured over like Carmella and maybe like Mickey James or Natalia or something over to Raw. Uh, just give them a few. Yeah. Uh, then we had the at the first at the start of it was a three way tag team ladder match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. New Day comes out, teases that they're going to be added to the match, but then we get the return of the Hardy Boys and the pop of the night occurred. That crowd was never louder at any other point. Well, come, yeah, those delete chants were crazy. Coming from a sound guy, you know, and it's actually, it's not even just a sound guy's perspective. It's well known. When you're in an open stadium like that, the sound goes up. And just leaves. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So the fact that you were able to hear that pop loud and clear over that TV and uh, the delete chants and stuff like that, which is is a damn shame because that's what's over right now. People want 
to be able to do delete and stuff like that. So it's kind of difficult watching the show and, and, and wanting to, to just, you know, yell delete at things and, uh, <laughs> and you can't do it. The one thing that I will say, and this is, you know, a slightly relative, but also irrelevant to the show is the night before the Hardys worked a tag title match that went 25 minutes long. I'd say with the young bucks, that was also a ladder match where easily every person in that match went through at least two tables. <laughs> Oh that ma- if if you have time, I'm sure it's going to be on YouTube somewhere. Take time to watch that match from Saturday night. It was it that was the match that closed the ROH pay per view, and that was one of the best ladder matches I've ever seen. And I've been watching wrestling since 1991. So and then 24 hours later, they did it again. Exactly. the the <laughs> the, the thing was, the spots that they took in that match Saturday night was what shocked me more that they were willing to do it again on Sunday. Just They didn't obviously do as many bumps, but Matt's 42 and did the friggin' twist of fate off the top of that one ladder in the ring. Jeff's doing mm. the, the, the swanton off, off of the... the tallest ladder ever. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, it, good for them, and as dumb as it sounds, if there's any week for them to have done it, it's this week, because I'm pretty sure after SmackDown last night, they have like a week off, which I think it's like the only time of the year that they get a week off so they can at least heal a smidgen uh from that before they're back uh, out on the road and i'm wondering honestly if they're going to be full-time doing all the house shows or if they're going to have a little less of a hectic schedule maybe only doing one or two a week because you know they're they're up there too and if i that was the whole point of the broken characters it was not only to reinvent themselves but it was for them to reinvent themselves but not have to take these crazy bumps that was yeah. the whole point. Matt would just yell at Jeff and tell him that he wasn't going to be a spot monkey anymore and he wasn't exactly. going to be doing all these things. And it eventually got over, and he would let him do the high spots like once in a while when necessary. And that was really what they preserved it with. And I was like, it's smart because these two have always made a living from doing these crazy bumps, and now you take that out of the equation, but it's they're still over without it. It's going to give them more longevity. But then they come back to the – WWE and they're right into a ladder match that kind of concerns me a little bit uh only you know we'll see where they go with it maybe they're maybe they'll eventually let him go broken come up with a new way on it but retell the story in WWE because it was over but you know that's you know we're only what four days in to them being back so who knows yeah yeah I I wish I could take credit for this idea but I can't uh I heard this on I'm pretty sure it was on Wrestling Soup somebody came up with an idea for uh how to kind of retell some of the broken story in WWE for the people who don't really know it from TNA and all that of, you know, having them, you know, cause they're coming back as like, they're, they've been stressing as the Hardy boys, you know, team. I think they even announced them as team extreme at WrestleMania, they did. didn't they? Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're really going full, full in with it. And, you know, maybe at some point in a match, like Matt Hardy could take like, you know, like obviously like a work, like a head bump or something. And then they're playing it off as like, you know, he's fucking like broken now. Like he uh, took this like really bad concussion and now his memories are all fucked up and he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. So he just starts going crazy. <laughs> well, did you hear he's been tweeting along with his wife of reasons why he isn't broken right now? Like no. th- they they're tweeting that like <laughs> he tweeted that he was like we completed our quest for gold like we've gotten gold in all these companies over the past month. Oh, he's no, like no, and then so he's that was he's rough. like fixed himself that was rough. <laughs> did 
after Raw went off the air Monday night, they did Raw Talk, and the yeah. Hardys were on there. And Matt speaking completely normal, but he's like, yeah, we've we've been they. The best part was Matt's been gone for what about ten years, nine, ten years, and Jeff's been gone for about seven or eight. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, look, we really just took some time off from wrestling and like healed our bodies. <laughs> and uh, you know, when the time was right, we came back. And then two seconds later, they're like, yeah, we've been on an expedition for gold. And we've been just going to every single like company and federation uh, in the world. And everywhere we've gone, we've won the tag titles, which, you know, got us back here to winning like the ultimate tag titles and stuff like that. So our expedition <laughs> is complete, but it wasn't an expedition or anything. You know, there was. It was just an expedition for gold. And you're just like, oh, God, what's with this fucking southern South Carolina, North Carolina accent? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, then his wife also tweeted the definition of like healing something with gold. So and that's all she she that's just tremendous. T- tweeted like a, a screenshot of it. I thought that was funny. That's funny. Well, because then there was also they did an interview with them right after they won the tag titles. They put up on uh, on their YouTube. Yes. And Matt was doing a little bit of that broken stuff. Yes. Like he, yes. I think he talked about how he deleted the club. Yeah. Yes. Or something. And he he, so, he got all know, the high I, spots I get... in there. The delightful, and then mm-hmm. went back yeah. to whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. So and he he got the licks in, but I'm thinking. That for the sake of TV purposes, they're just like, okay, you need to turn tone this back until it's figured out, or for them to mm-hmm. be able to find a way to make it their own with using like WWE's likeness on it, where they can't really get sued. Honestly, right? Anthem doesn't really have. Um, I, I like to stand up. Yeah, I think if anything, it's it's a it's a suit that nothing. There, I don't think there's anything really that Jerry McDevitt can't win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who didn't win was the Mar- Miz and Maurice next. Uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella won, I think, without any surprise. And then Cena proposed. There was a surprise there. I honestly thought that Miz and Maurice were going to win this because everybody really? won. Everybody, I, we we had the pool. I I went with Miz and Maurice for two reasons. One, because they've been making it like. Clearly, Cena and and Nikki were going to win. And not to mention the fact that on the Go Home show, they're like, we're not going to just beat you. We're going to destroy you. And I'm just like, you know what? They're going to fucking somehow win this because Miz is fucking gold. And Maurice is awesome with him as a great, solid female hero, which is something you don't really see anymore. And I feel that Miz is going to get a title run this year. So what a better way to kick that off than to have him shut John Cena up at WrestleMania. And I didn't think, and they would do it because nobody would see it coming. But then I forgot that Total Divas actually exists. <laughs> and I thought too, another telling time was having Al Roker be the special guest announcer, which was god awful at. <laughs> um, prognosticator of prognosticators? Oh, God. <laughs> Man, it, talk about the crowd hijacked the shit out of this match for a while. That was really great to watch actually the highlight was the miz just feeding off that that was really great yeah that was kind of like miz's little payoff for this year of like all right the the fans know that you did a pretty good job this year so we'll hijack this match (laughs) uh then we got one of the coolest entrances uh, of the night which was triple h coming out on the motorcycle with stephanie mcmahon and stephanie mcmahon's (laughs) ass in the tight leather shorts 
Okay, well, her ass in the tight leather shorts is good, but, like, did you think that Triple H part was good with his, like, big his big boy trike? <laughs> I love the big boy trike. Yeah. He looked, I, like, he looked so insecure in that Yeah, thing. it was great. If you're trying to friggin' make the guy that you're trying to get over look fucking weak and not on the same level as you, yeah, yeah. it looked really fucking good. Because Rollins' yeah. fucking entrance made zero sense, in my opinion. <laughs> And was he passing the torch or lighting the ring on fire? You know what it would have been cooler is if they didn't have He was lighting the ring on fire. If they didn't have digital fire and literally that entire fucking ramp of 80 yards just lit on fire. That would have been fucking <laughs> cool. However, that would have been cool. The actually. fact that I mean the actual set itself caught fire later that night, it could have been worse if everything caught fire, you know, <laughs> yeah, an hour and a half into the 5-hour show. Mhm. Um but in the end, Seth Rollins goes over Triple H in what I thought was a great storytelling match of Triple H going after the knee, Stephanie eventually going through the table. I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought um, parts of it were a little clunky, but overall it was pretty well done. I liked the, um, yeah, especially the table spot with Stephanie. I thought that was good that she finally gets some fucking comeuppance. Jesus Christ. How long has she been going and getting over one over on like every goddamn baby face without any comeuppance just uh ridiculing them nonstop. yeah so finally yeah and then that of course that sets up for kurt angle coming in but yeah yeah uh i thought it was a. Uh... I don't know i guess it's, it's one of those things for me where, like, it's great that this happened, but at the same time, I kind of question, like, where does Seth go from here? I think he gets a shot at the title. Okay. Because I think Heyman, Heyman came out on Raw and was like, who do you want to see Brock against? And he mentioned Seth Rollins, and the crowd did a pop, so... I think that could be one of the feuds. I don't know if he gets the mm-hmm. title back, but I think he could no. definitely have a feud with Lesnar. That that title is going to be firm to Brock till at least SummerSlam, and if Brock yeah. has that through SummerSlam, Brock's holding it till Mania next year, and that's what I look at it as being. I think the the thing is, is you want uh, Seth to be over top babyface material, and I think the mm-hmm. biggest way that you're going to do that is to have him and Roman be together, and finally have Roman turn on his ass. You have Roman turn on his ass. Mm. And you have the baby face that everybody wants to see beat the fucking heels ass, and it's just traditional classic wrestling right there. That, I feel, is where you need to go, especially off of that win with Roman. They knew he was going to get heat. Just fucking feed off that now and just go with it. It's not like – it sucks because that would be a great build to, like, SummerSlam, but now you just you got to go with Roman with as much heat as he's got off that Undertaker loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think – Payment definitely hinted strongly at that on Raw. Because Seth's a babyface now. They're not turning him back heel, so you need a strong heel for him to work with at this point. Yeah. And they're they're not going to put him back with Balor. What are they going to? Yeah, they're they're friends now. Right. So I'm thinking that honestly, I think Balor is going to work into Lesnar first. As dumb as that sounds, just to get that over with. And shut everybody up because Balor never technically lost the belt. And he mm-hmm. wants to come back for his belt. Let him do that. Let Seth do something else. Seth could honestly – I mean, you got Jericho and Owens coming up at the next pay-per-view, and Jericho's going to be out. 
We always moved to Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens fighting over the U.S. title for a little bit. Who knows? Well, no, you know what you, know what you do? All right, you, you have uh, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins become friends now, and they stay friends all throughout the entire year, and then eventually Finn Balor will win the Royal Rumble and help Seth Rollins win the world title. Then Finn Balor will turn on Seth Rollins and give up his world title shot and then have to regain his title shot in order to fight Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Because that makes a lot of sense, right? That sounds really familiar. <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly the stupid shit <laughs> <laughs> that they tried to pass off as uh, one of the main events of WrestleMania. Oh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. This fucking match. <laughs> yeah, this was this was hard to watch. Ugh. Like, God. what was the purpose of the fucking maggots and cockroaches and whatever fucking else they showed you have to take into consideration in 2017 that wrestlemania is wrestlemania and it is a huge show for the casual fan to watch and so because Mm -hmm. of that being the casual show that they do fucking nonsensical things that the casual person watching might be like wow that was really cool they projected a picture <laughs> right. onto the ring. Exactly. That that's pretty much the purpose mm-hmm. that that whole spot served. Now, was I the only one that thought this was going to be a lead up into like Sister Abigail finally coming out? No, I think a lot of people thought that. No, I didn't think that at all. Because where's like, where's I, I, the payoff with that? Because the thing is, and I here's my example with this. In '97, when Kane debuted. You knew that Kane existed. Now, this is kind of similar. They talk about Sister Abigail. But the thing was, is eventually it was like, okay, Kane's alive. Kane's, you know, real and he's coming for you. And you didn't know when, you didn't know where, and you didn't even know what he looked like. But then when he came out, you were just like, oh, this must be him. It was literally... That's gotta be Kane! Right, but they did a build-up and you were expecting this person. It was never a build-up to saying, okay, well, now Sister Abigail's still alive, and, you know, she's going to have her presence be felt at WrestleMania. They didn't do anything about that. So that's why I never once it even crossed my mind that that could be a possibility they would bring that in. Well, not not necessarily that they would actually debut, like, an actual person to have as Sister Abigail, because, yeah, like, the way they've been dealing with that, like, that would make no sense. But honestly, a lot of shit they did with Bray Wyatt doesn't make sense. Uh, but the thing that I thought they were going to do is kind of like, you remember a couple of years ago they did that weird hologram shit with Dean? Oh, like, fuck. I was thinking maybe they were going to kind of introduce Sister Abigail as like a ghost of some kind. Like, you know, they had that first thing of like the mealworm and the maggots and shit. Then I thought it was going to be like, oh, and then maybe there's like fire because then it was like, yeah, first it was like, okay, she died and she was buried in the ground. Then she was burned. Then it was going to be like maybe like a scary like ring girl face or some that shit. That idea is up there with God. And then all of a sudden like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know some sort of like weird thing appears and like you know randy orton like freaks the fuck out because it's like oh what the fuck is that sister abigail's ghost or something and then bray wyatt beats him you know just because like bray wyatt had been talking for weeks and weeks after like you know randy did all this shit about like burning sister abigail about how it's like oh i have her power now and she's one with me and you know all this other shit like you turn my one flaw into my greatest strength like this seemed like the one time to, like, okay, I guess you're going to pull out a new supernatural power maybe and finally win a big necessary match. 
or just lose like a bitch. <laughs> yep, I think it's just the lose like a bitch. Well, clearly, and, yeah. like the the thing I didn't get with the maggots and I was like, Randy wasn't even reacting to it. Like, I he kind of reacted to one of them, but it might have just been that he kind of rolled out at the ring at the same time. And then commentary was trying to say that, like, oh, he was so scared of the maggots. <laughs> but he probably just wasn't reacting to it at all. That was definitely something know. that was done for TV was... because, like, nobody in there, unless you're watching the screen, could see what was being, you know, put onto the ring. Yeah, unless mm. you're sitting, like, at the very top of the stadium. <laughs> and everybody we were watching it with, they're like, oh, and the ref just kept jumping out of the ring. It's like, well, yeah, because for visual it's effects TV. on TV... <laughs> All you want yeah. is the two guys in the ring with that. They're not going to throw the ref in there. So I was kind of like, I totally see the reasoning why they're doing it like that. It's just fucking stupid in the first place that they're doing that. And then we got the shortest match of the night, which was Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg for the Universal Championship. This match, though, do- did what it had to do. It was everything you wanted it to be. They literally exactly. they did this match with four moves fucking ridiculously awesome four moves and everybody ate the shit out of it mm-hmm. tremendous I feel like Newman's gonna disagree I mean this is exactly what I thought it was gonna be and it was uh, not worth all the build up from Survivor Series <laughs> this is just what should have happened the first time <laughs> To be honest, so well for the unimpressed for the, for the moving along for the sake of, for the sake of a story, the fact that you had you know Brock who they've pretty much had go untouched for the better part of the last six years or out of this run has it been six years already? It's been a long time. Jesus Christ! It's been a, but at the better part of yeah, this run, pretty much been untouchable, and to have him come in and be the cocky one that you know um, underestimated the old guy. I, I, I dug what they were doing. I saw what they were doing with it. Uh, and then the the rumble, okay. You know, they did what got Goldberg over, and everybody said that a million times. But it really, it, it worked for the fact of in nostalgia's sake. It, it was it was some of the best work that you've seen Goldberg if you were a WCW fan, which I was. You know, I was back in the day. Uh, back from about '98 because once he dropped the belt, the shit that they did with him was. Was you know kind of fucking stupid. However, WWE run was awful. Right, the WWE run was awful. But then you put him with with Brock, and they told the story that you know Brock is unbeatable. He fucking destroyed dude HGH or whatever in in the summer in UFC. So (laughs) you know that he's a legitimate badass. And then he got beat by this fucking old guy. And then it was a fluke. And then he you know he didn't beat him again. He just eliminated him from the Royal Rumble. You know after they built that up. And then the Owens match didn't really bury Owens, which, when you think about it, was true. Owens didn't, you know, Owens was distracted. It wasn't like he had a, you know, and the story-wise, you know, for the sake of that. And then this one came out, and it was Brock finally, you know, he's got his game face on. He, you know, is going to do what he says he's going to do. He's going to take him to Suplex City and do that. And that's exactly what it was. They worked their two moves. Goldberg does a spear, and he does a jackhammer. And Brock German suplexes people and gives F5s. 
They literally did the two moves that both of them can do and got it in and got it done with. You, I, Jim Ross, for three months, has been saying this needs to be a 15-minute bell-to-bell match. They got it done in, what, four and a half, and it was everything that you expected it to be, wanted it to be, and you were just like, okay. It was just these two fucking behemoths just beating the fuck out of each other, and they got it done with quick, and you're just like, all right, this is how I thought it was going to go. I'm satisfied. Now let's move on. Yeah, and especially with how late it was in the card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it satisfied. Like Snickers. Uh, and then we got the match that we thought was getting cut from the card uh, the six pack challenge for the Smackdown Women's Championship this one definitely felt rushed like they had no time (laughs) and people were just doing spot after spot after spot with finally the prediction of Naomi winning in her hometown how long did this go? did this even go five minutes? five Five minutes minutes, 35 seconds look at Joe with the the time That sucks, but, yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) At at least as long as they, like, treat this title reign well. And I think they have kicked it off decently, at least this week with SmackDown. Like, uh, Naomi's match with Alexa Bliss was pretty good. Yeah. So, even though they had to rush this title match, you know, it is what it is. Yep. And then we finally got the main event, Roman Reigns going against The Undertaker. No holds barred match, which apparently was just put on during the show yeah it was never announced um, as no holds barred nope yeah. uh but uh another plus to this match we had jim ross commentating which i wish that cole and jbl would just shut up but yeah really like how the fuck did cole not bow out for that like what the fuck well no it's somebody just had a uh, byron bow out, bow out. yeah i th- the reason why they obviously did that was because of the fact that they still have this this image that cole's the voice now it's not jr anymore so it was kind of like the the thing was is if you took Cole out because Cole's a color guy. Well, no, Cole's the play by play guy, as well yeah. as and and JBL's your color guy, but you had two play by play guys going at it, and JBL is just, you know, uh, I don't know, J- JBL's I <laughs> watched the hall. Ho- you watched too. <laughs> you watched the Hall of Fame Friday night and that promo that the APA cut. I loved it. Love that yeah. that version of JBL. Behind behind a, a commentary booth, the only thing th- that I enjoy is when he first started, he was a heel and did it well. Now he's literally just he's the voice of Vince McMahon. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows that like the stupid shitty fucking lines are just fed from him from Vince, and because he doesn't give a shit, he'll say whatever the fuck Vince says. So yeah, but, which is the reason why one match he's you know impartial, and the next match he's. Well, SmackDown last night, he was saying, what was it, WrestleMania, where he's just like, oh, you know how, many, you know how great it is to, you know, oh, no, it was last night, it was SmackDown, he goes, oh, you know how great it is to beat somebody in their own hometown for uh, for a belt, it's awesome, and then they're just like, oh, yeah, like that time you lost uh, in Houston, he goes, and he just got all, like, over-defensive about it, and you're just like, just, <laughs> he's like, shut the fuck pr- up, don't talk about people's pretty past. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fucking corny as shit, but. I, I don't like that he's not consistent. If you're going to be a fucking heel, be a fucking heel. Which is honestly why Corey, Corey Graves and Ross, if they would have announced that match, that would have been badass because Corey, Corey Graves knows his place. Corey Graves is a heel. Mm-hmm. He is the quintessential heel announcer that you love because Heenan would have been this way, Ventura would have been this way, as well as the King was this way. You root for the bad guys, you side with them, 
but whether they're baby face or heel, if a chick's hot, you talk about how hot they are. Perfect. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so Roman Reigns basically beat the crap out of The Undertaker. It was hard to watch. It really yeah. was. But, but you knew, like, Taker was fighting through that, but it was – the high spot was he took he took the uh, the spear through that announce table, but that go home when they botched that that tombstone, the reversal of I the tombstone. Fi- yeah, oh they should have gone. They should have gone back to the tombstone spot because I feel that if you're building off of that, it's his yard. You should have beat the Undertaker with the Undertaker's move, which would have been fine, especially mm. because of the fact that. You know, the Superman punch is stupid, and everybody. There's so many people that do spears right now. You know, it's it's just tough to have him doing the fucking spear. The spear can but be a, he, a near a near fall, but he still wins with that. I feel if he took the 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 tombstone and started running with that as a new finisher, I'd be okay with it. Oh, it'd be such a heel move. But he remember he upgraded the spear by hitting the ropes a bunch of times before actually hitting the Undertaker with it. Yeah, it was a super spear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because wrestling is now a video game, so he was literally just charging up as he was running back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hard. All right. But yeah, I, I was really glad that they kind of made it to the point where it was hard to watch because, you know, in my mind that helps fuel a Roman Reigns heel turn, which uh, I guess my question to you guys with him coming out at the beginning of Raw and just – you're sitting there with the booze and all he did was just saying, this is my yard now walking away. Are we going towards like, are they going to do it or no? Is he going to go heal? I still can't tell. Cause then he apparently tweeted out that night that he was like, look at the reaction I get. Like, and I didn't even say anything. I could have gone 20 minutes. Hashtag the guy. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been showing some cockiness and shit like that. Like, and I, what I loved was how when he walked out Monday night, he walked out slow and kind of cocky, and then he stood there, and he just he had that crowd in the palm of his hands. But the thing was, I feel that the WWE being smart enough and knowing how that crowd can be after WrestleMania, they sent him out there, they knew he was going to get booed, and it was just like, go out there and let him get tired. They obviously didn't get tired throughout the night because they're <laughs> fucking insane, that crowd. But, but, you know, they went out there, they booed him, they did his thing, and then he left by just saying that. And it was kind of heelish, but they were smart because you never saw him again for the rest of the night. They protected him because right. if they're going to keep him babyface, obviously that's not the crowd that you want him to do. Here's another thing about that Raw broadcast. You could tell that they pumped that crowd up to boo his ass because out of it they were just like, okay, this is the guy that beat The Undertaker. Let them boo him. Not saying he's a heel, but – Okay, he beat the Undertaker and he retired him. That that's that's enough to get booed. But then they brought the mic down for the rest of the night. That crowd was kind of like you knew that they were saying shit, but it was it was kind of silent after that point because I was really paying attention to this, some of the shit they were saying, and you couldn't. I mean, obviously they had to bring it down for the shut the fuck up and all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the way that they started off Raw was was good with that, but. I think that they're not going to go heal with him. I feel like they're just trying to protect him at this point because now they're just going to build off of he's the guy that ultimately you're going to get to WrestleMania next year and it's going to be him and Lesnar, I think. If not by WrestleMania, it'll be SummerSlam. 
But either way, mm-hmm. it's going to be those two. And who like, you're not, no matter fucking how much you want Lesnar to be the heel, he's not going to be the heel. It's just fucking just give up. Let Roman turn. He'll naturally turn back babyface in a year or so, and everything will be okay in their their world. But I think they're just out, like always, to just prove everybody wrong that they don't want to deviate from their fucking plans. And you saw that yeah. literally with when Vince comes out later and they're chanting, we hate Roman. And he was like, is that really <laughs> how you feel? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah I really hope he takes that to heart because it's like they could have chanted anything at him. Mm-hmm. And that is what the crowd unanimously decided to chant at his ass, was we hate Roman. It's like, we just wanted to let you know, of all the things, we hate Roman. Yeah. (laughs) Like, please, please, we're begging you. (laughs) Just fucking turn him heel. You retired The Undertaker. Like, there isn't a more heel thing you can do. Other than, like, kill a baby, maybe. (laughs) Or a puppy. Can't prove that. If you killed a puppy in the ring, that'd be the worst. Uh, other than that yeah I don't know but uh, as far as like a good heel debut I thought the revival did pretty fucking well coming out and getting a the win over New Day and attacking Kofi's ankle so good and it was the the Kofi's ankle spot that I yeah I'm glad you brought it up that was really that, that was, was really what solidified it yeah that was the cherry on top because they were getting cheered like people were singing to their song and stuff they bit the they beat the New Day no big deal attack Kofi and that's when they got the booze because mm-hmm. the crowd went oh yeah we were happy to see oh oh shit oh wait you're doing more wait a second like <laughs> oh wait <laughs> that's who you guys are yeah you're vicious heels but um I'll be interested to see um with like Kurt Angle in charge like how much the, the heels are going to get away with shit like that like do you think he's going to be more like Daniel Bryan where he's going to like crack down on it or is he going to be a little more laissez-faire? Uh, I can see him doing the cracking down. Because um, he seemed to like... Like, he seemed to really take it to heart when he came out of the, the trainer's room with Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Like, he seemed really, like, pissed off at the situation. And he, like, told Seth, he's like, I'm going to find you a new partner. Like, don't worry. Like, I've got your back kind of a thing. True, but then at the same time, like, at least at the time being, he didn't... Uh pursue kevin owens or samoa joe like he didn't true punish them so well, i think maybe the punishment was bringing back finn balor to even maybe. the odds finn, yeah finn balor is such a badass it's a punishment it's like with teddy long and you have to fight the undertaker yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, actually you know what i really who i kind of hope maybe it'd be interesting they did with uh if they do this with kurt angle is like they he makes people fight american alpha yeah, if he brings like them they, over to SmackDown I was, or to Raw. So. I was thinking that they're going to be – I think maybe you move Gallows and Anderson or even as dumb as not, you might move New Day to SmackDown and bring definitely bring American Alpha over. I mean, SmackDown mm-hmm. just lost a tag team today because they released Simon Gotch. Yep. So yeah. that leaves nothing for Aiden English, which kind of sucks for that dude. Uh, but they just yeah. lost a tag team too, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do about it. And New Day's kind of at the point of what else do they do on Raw? They've literally feuded with everybody, mm-hmm. right? Except for the fact that you know Revival's coming in, but yeah, I think it'd be better for them to kind of go over to SmackDown. Yeah, especially because it's 
in a way, it's a new title for them to chase. You know, technically, new, I guess. New teams to face. Right, new teams to face, too. Um, yeah, so I think they should go over to SmackDown. Yeah. To be honest. But then, yeah, bring American Alpha. I think American Alpha needs to go to Raw. That is the one tag team switch that has to happen. Yeah. Because you can't pass up on the Kurt Angle. I, yeah, I need American that Alpha Kurt stuff. Angle crossover. Well, the other thing is they're so... Alpha came up, but they are so cold right now. Oh, yeah. They, need they haven't to, done anything. They, yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they brought him up, and everybody obviously wanted to see him. But they, uh, like I said, they're they're cold, and they need to do something with them because that's why they did the damn tag team title switch. Not even on WrestleMania, they did it two weeks beforehand because it wasn't worth it. There was nothing going on with that feud. Yeah, and that's that is kind of one thing that's been unfortunate. I think on both brands, actually, for a little while, is the tag teams have kind of taken a back seat. But um, yeah, hopefully with American Alpha coming over, I would hope coming over to raw and if they get the attention of kurt angle like if he can be their mouthpiece and kind of their manager or at least like have a lot of segments with them and kind of have maybe a relationship i'm hoping that'll bring some personality out of these guys and maybe we can see a little more out of them get get some more feuds possibly because like especially if you have the revival on raw there it's like i feel like american alpha and revival are just perfect foils so if you throw them to together for a couple months, like you almost can't go wrong. Yeah. You know, and you also have uh, Enzo and Cass. To throw yeah, and you have Enzo and Cass there. Exactly. You've got the. Uh, I mean, potentially, I guess the club might be staying around there on Raw. Yeah. Uh, you got Cesaro and Sheamus for the time being still as a tag team. Although I, I still think at some point, like maybe they would bring Cassius Ono up, and maybe they put the Kings of Wrestling back together. Oh, yes, though I have to say, Sheamus and Cesaro—they've started to gel well really well. I've—I've I've kind of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. gotten more into the idea of it, which then means that they're probably going to break it up sooner rather than later. <laughs> but that—that's yeah. the only problem with with. Here's the one thing that sucks about that breakup, is they had a feud, which is what ultimately led to putting them together. But usually, so traditionally, now what are you doing? exactly. Traditionally, the breakup is the feud. So they've already done the post feud before the team. So the only way that somebody gets uh, removed is one, you draft them to the other show. Two, somebody gets hurt, or somehow somebody gets into a singles program with no explanation. Well, didn't their their singles feud actually never fully concluded because it was the best of seven and nobody won the best of Te- seven technically right? it was the best of nope. eight <laughs> yeah they had <laughs> so a match they would have to do never and then it. do the best of seven <laughs> yeah so they would have to do uh, uh the best of nine they have to finish it out horrible <laughs> who booked this shit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it it only took them how long to finally have matching outfits with the uh the suits and kilts I dug that. Yeah, I also like I like the entrance now. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, like, how did it take them this long to finally have matching outfits? Yeah, true. <laughs> Who knows? And also, why the fuck a kilt? Neither of them are Scottish. <laughs> like, yeah. We've got a Swiss guy and an Irish guy. Give me kilts. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, anything else from Raw for you guys? Um... Well, Balor's back, and it looks like Nia. They 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 had the Nia turn on. Uh, oh yeah, Nia. And Emma's back. Looks like face. 
Yes. Damn, she's fine. But they. Yeah, and the dancing on the table. Mm. That's good shit. Um, have you ever <laughs> looked at her Instagram? <laughs> no, mm. but. Now. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. And, Instagram's getting a download tonight. And um, so, what was I gonna say? So that's what I mean. When Charlotte getting that beat down makes me think that next week, Charlotte and Nia go one on one. Nia beats Charlotte, and then they announce mm. that Charlotte's going to SmackDown. Yeah, that's I how I see, see that. that going. Um, so I think that that's what you're gonna do there. Besides that, I mean, it was a good show all around. You got some Kurt Angle comedy. You got the Hardys yeah. in, and you know they muted the crowd when you know those sixteen thousand people yelling "delete," because all he had to do is he had to give that swipe one time, and then that crowd just went off. Yep. <laughs> and I also love the "fuck that owl" chance. <laughs> yeah, fuck that owl. <laughs> that was a that that is uh they did that during Supercard of Honor as well on and Saturday night. It's a shirt too, right? Yes, yes, yes. They actually have well. Did you see the video that they put out like a week and a half ago where they took the TNA tag titles, put it into the lakes, Lake of uh, Lake of Reincarnation and pulled it out with the broken Hardys tag titles? Oh, no. Yeah, it's like two minutes long on their YouTube page. But right in the middle of this, and I'm watching it, there's just a blurb, like a half second of something that looked like the Impact logo. And I just couldn't get it on my phone to pause right to read it. But then I saw the shirt, and it's literally that fuck the owl logo thing <laughs> in the middle of it it just flashes for a second but oh, yeah so i think that you know the hardy's being back is good but realistically raw was you know the 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 best night of raws that were after wrestlemania were the ones where they didn't want them to take it over and they did and now that it's become that they've embraced it, I feel it's not as as fun because you're just like, okay, well, this person's going to come back or this person's going to come up. It's definitely less of a shock. Like I feel that first night when Paige came up years ago, that was legitimate. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit. You know, I don't know. Little things. I'm just nitpicky. <laughs> yeah, it, it's become such a uh, a night where you're expecting the unexpected that then nothing's unexpected. Right. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and then we finally end with SmackDown, um, which I think, compared to Raw, uh, didn't deliver as much, but still a decent show. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it, it delivered in a different sort of way. Like part of the problem is we have you have two big segments involving this uh, Wyatt Orton feud, which was such a spectacular failure at WrestleMania, and is not looking that much better coming out of it because now we we have eric rowan back the feud is saved (laughs) eric rowan back in a actually i like his sheep mask is a lot better now i think but i also love the announcers wait who is that it's like you can't tell from the fucking beard (laughs) well in in all fairness (laughs) well here okay two things one even though he's right in front of them they're calling that off of the monitor they're calling it as you're seeing it on tv so you didn't see the beard right away. You didn't see the beard until he finally turned around. So when they're saying who is that, it, it, you didn't see the beard. I will give them that. Not to mention, no, they were still he, saying who it is when it was a close up of just the beard and the mask. Okay, and I, it was I, finally I, when he lifted I, I it up that they were the, like, "I was running on the treadmill at that point." But oh, okay, he um he also wasn't in the green jumpsuit that he's always been in. Yeah, it was like a dark one, right? I don't even think it was a jumpsuit. I think it was a, a you know just a shirt and and and, and pants, whatever. 
But I mean, honestly, the highlight for me of that was was Ty coming up because yeah. they yeah. they they did it so perfectly. You had Kurt Hawkins come out and say, "I'll give somebody the count of ten, and it just says ten, and then they come out. It doesn't even get the countdown, and it was. I'm right. I told Joe about this. I didn't tell him the story. So I'm running on the treadmill next to my girlfriend who already, you know, tries to judge me for watching wrestling. And (laughs) I'm running on the treadmill. And the second he says 10, I just pop and throw both of my (laughs) hands up in the 10 position as I'm watching SmackDown on my fucking iPhone. And she turns and shoots me the most disgusted, like, face ever. It was so like i was just like man like i i wouldn't be surprised if i don't get laid for a while after this because she kind (laughs) of has to get over seeing that i was that guy in the entire gym that was friggin marking out for uh a wrestler by throwing up my hands in the 10 position it was awesome uh that's pretty awesome and then uh, and also, his debut was a lot better than Nakamura's, though. I gotta say. Yeah, because it was done like right. Like I only wish I would say like I wish like maybe you had Kurt do the the like a count up like say one two three four, because then I think the audience would pick on it. Pick that would that would have been better. good too. I like that idea actually, Joe. Good job. Yeah, like he's like I'm gonna count to ten and then starts doing one two and then people are like, wait a second, like when he gets to ten, we know who's coming. Um, I don't know. I think I think it would been. That's exactly why I wouldn't have wanted it to do that way. It's. I think it's better for the surprise, right? Yeah, I mean, I I see both ways basically. But at least I'll say like so. Either way was better than what happened with Nakamura. <laughs> that's for damn sure he because he did nothing. It made just no came, sense. Like it didn't connect with the Miz segment. He just came out. Don't get me wrong. The entrance was great with the violin, but just came out and then that was it. I mean, traditionally, you kind of when these people come up, you you want to see them either in a match, or you want to at least see them start something. This started nothing. It literally was he came out, and you're like, oh, I guess he's working with Miz, and then they never interjected. Miz was out, and he was in, and then that was all it was. It, they they it didn't exchange awkward. words, or yeah, that's what made it awkward. Is because you're just like, okay, so literally they just. They did this as a transition spot just to have to get a pop for Nakamura, but then it was like an afterthought. It was kind of weird how they did it. I, I, yeah, because I, I was Miz and Maurice were sticking around for like a little bit enough to for me to be like, oh, they're waiting till he gets his entrance over and then they're going to say something, but then they were just gone. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. weird how they <laughs> went about it. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what they do going forward. Yeah, just really bad all around. The timing of it, the fact he did nothing. Uh, hopefully, it'll pick up. But uh, what did you guys think of Shane and Styles' segment? I thought that's what it needed to be. And so I can also I can see AJ going to Raw. Yeah. Shake up. Which also says mm-hmm. to me that they're going to turn him baby if he goes to Raw. So you kind of do that spot there where it's kind of like, all right, he might be turning back. And then he turns back and he gets the pop with whoever he goes with. And it's just like, okay, it's not a, a complete cold transition from one to the other, from one, you know, from one show to the next. Mm-hmm. You could also yeah, go, sorry, now that we're thinking about it, you could go, you were saying who's, 
uh, Roman go with or who does Brock go with or even Balor, you could use AJ as that next person. Yeah. Very true. Mm. Yeah. Actually, no, I was... I'm wondering, do you think they're going to... Because if Balor reunites with the club because he i'm trying to think because like, I, I remember seeing on balor on his armband he was wearing the balor club thing right of course um so do you think balor's gonna join up at the club at some point and then that could be like say if that's a catalyst for like potentially if finn is turning heel because i would assume he would turn heel over the club turning face and then maybe you could have some sort of like finn versus aj sort of stuff on raw yeah that's what i would think you'd because i'm trying to think of like Cause I'm trying to think of like what AJ would do. Cause like he, he would definitely be one of those guys who'd go for the world title, but like you, you're not going to put him against Lesnar. Why not? I don't think because Roman Reigns is going after Lesnar. Not yet. The, it, and if you're not Roman Reigns, you can go fuck. The, I don't think, I don't think they're going to, <laughs> I think they've now set the president of what's going to happen. We have the, the two in 23 and two, and they're eventually going to face off. I definitely don't think you're going right to it. They're going to, they're going to have to build this match up to, like I said, either SummerSlam or Mania. You're not going to get it before then. If they do, then that's just classic WWE hot shot in it. Yeah, but they're already talking about it, and like they never do that. Like, Why would they start talking that's about it now? That's one thing they're like, notorious. Right, Lesnar's just going to have to fight a couple other people, but fuck all them eh. until we fight Roman. <laughs> eh. Because if they were going to go for it, then Roman would have came out the other night. They're, they're, they've done that where they'll, they, they will plant the seeds for the next year's WrestleMania or even you know something for the next feud the night after Raw. That's one thing that they have gotten back into doing the next year where they'll plant the seeds or, or straight up say what the main event's going to be for the next year's Mania. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's them planting the seeds and they're just going to eventually work their way to it because you're going to have to establish Roman with where, where he's going from here. If you put him right in with Lesnar then it's just it's gonna it's not gonna go well for for roman well you know what i I think the only way you could delay that that long at this point you'd have to have uh because roman just doesn't have enough people to feud with between now and lesnar that would actually matter for him to feud with i think you'd have to have him go over to smackdown lesnar to smackdown no 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 reigns oh reigns you were gonna there's talk of that too i heard Mm mm-hmm you know, maybe, uh, maybe all three of the Shield guys end up on SmackDown. That's the one thing that I will say about SmackDown is, and that's why Nakamura went there, because the only people that can talk, the only people that talk are the people that can actually cut promos. So if Reigns went over there, I don't think he would do as much talking. He could easily turn him heel. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, when that dude's not scripted or he's cocky, he's actually decent. When he's trying to be a convincing like babyface, it's just when it doesn't go over. So I feel if you took him to SmackDown with a completely different mm-hmm. writing team, you know there might be new hope for him. Yeah, exactly. With a team of people that realize that when he's going to talk, keep it short and sweet and cocky, and that's it. Like, yeah, his his line, his promo being five words was perfect. You know, his average promo in the Shield was two words because he would just say "believe that" at the end. Yeah, wasn't that the shit? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that was that was I think the right level of promo for him for the first year or two. <laughs> oh god. I mean, he was over like a motherfucker in the shield. All three of those guys were. Yeah, but if you're ever going to put the people in the shield from, you know, promo ability, 
you'd probably would go Ambrose Rollins Reigns from yeah. one to oh, three. Yeah. Obviously, he's the bottom because because well, yeah, Reigns would just go and come in. <laughs> Reigns would just be like, believe that after Rollins and uh, Ambrose would cut their promos. Yeah, and I I think he's gotten a little bit better since then. But the thing that's very you know beneficial for him is for his character, he doesn't need to cut a big complicated promo. He's a I kill everybody sort of guy. And he's just kind of like silent for the most part. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of view him like as far as the way that he should deliver promos. I think he should actually look at uh, Jake the Snake a little bit, just in that like he you know didn't get like he didn't lose his cool when he was doing promos. Like, and I think that that's how Roman Reigns needs to. He he should never lose his cool in a promo. Because mm-hmm. he should, in the back of his mind, Roman Reigns should never think that he's going to lose a match. Fair enough. I like the way I don't you know, think just that. Just in my opinion of the character, like, like, because in his mind, he should never think, especially after beating Undertaker. I think, at least for a good long time, psychologically, his character should never think he's gonna lose. Yeah. So then you would never get nervous. You're not gonna lose your fucking cool when you're doing a promo. Like you just, whenever you're talking to people, like I think for a long time, you should be just very, very terse, very matter of fact. Just like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna fight Lesnar for the title next. Oh, yeah, Lesnar thinks he's a badass and he's a beast and he beat the streak. Well, I retired The Undertaker. <laughs> Drop the mic, walk away. <laughs> like, what can you say? I retired The Undertaker. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> well done. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to be it for this week. Yeah. Um, I... You guys are going to end up fucking banning me from the show because you guys have gotten a really good job of getting these shows like an hour, hour 15, and then I come on. Here we go. Two-hour episode. Well, it was a big week, too, so if it was a regular week and we went this long, I'd be like, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I would I would hope that these crazy motherfuckers who listen to this show, that they wouldn't complain about like, hey, you guys normally do one hour. You guys did two hours. You gave me a whole nother hour of show. Fuck you. <laughs> I pay zero dollars for this. <laughs> I pay you no money for an hour. Uh, do we yes. Check How us out you give on our second. social media. What was that? Oh, like on my end, you both just cut out and then you came back in. So I was a little confused uh, of how oh. that went. But, you know, then you came back <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'm all sure up. it'll all be perfect in post. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, check us out on uh, social media. Uh, Corey is at Corey Oates. Uh, we are at Smart Brothers, and then Facebook, uh, Super Smart Brothers, Super Smart Brothers at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and our original home of Poppy. And for one last cheap pop, if you're looking for some cool pop punk, go check out Kids These Days. Oh, yeah, making a comeback. We have been around now for six years, and we are finally getting back into uh, writing some new tunes. So, uh, yeah, ch- ch- check it out, you know, if you if you want some cool jams, because we're working on some tasty new ones. Awesome. And if you want to check out the best sign from WrestleMania, go look up pictures of the Roman Reigns as a Holocaust denier sign. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>